Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast series, and thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you're interested in more content like this, you can head over to sodblocks.com. We have a lot of more extensive uh, episodes and series that we, are, that we already have up there and that we're constantly adding to and expanding, we're adding new series all the time as well. Uh, I'm mentioning this also because over the last week, if you have been listening relatively consistently, and you, then you already know that we've added a WhatsApp feature to Yisod Blocks, and I've been getting an explosion of questions, all kinds of questions of really every kind, both related to this series, the, the Daily Halacha and Kabbalah series, as well as uh, just other more general Torah questions. And I want to just stress two things. One is that this podcast series, which is a daily series, so we try to explain the entire background framework to every halacha that we learn, but obviously uh, a lot of these concepts are very extensive and they're all integrated, which means that if there is a hundred concepts, let's imagine, total, so then when you listen to an episode like this, you're going to get probably about 10 of those in an episode, but the other 90 are really also very much related, connected, and, and integrated with the particular ones that I bring up in the context of the particular halacha. So a lot of the questions I'm getting are questions that essentially are asking for more of the underlying aspects, the pieces that we didn't get to in a particular episode. Uh, so I would recommend what, I, what I've been you know, essentially stressing to people uh, is that these concepts are, are organized and explained com- very extensively at yesodeblocks.com. And again, this is not just because I want everyone to subscribe and get, at, you know, so we can get more subscribers to support what we're doing. Certainly that's not a bad thing. And obviously I, I want that too, because we really want to be able to grow what we're doing. But purely from a, from a knowledge standpoint, that's really where to get the full picture of these things. In other words, what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm taking different halachos. I'm giving you an opportunity to sort of hear uh, what, where these halachos come from and what's underneath them, and the halachos are kind of like the shell or just the tip of the iceberg. But the total picture is something which is which is much. It's more effective to learn that and then learn halacha in the context of that knowledge. And that's the kind of knowledge which takes a lot of time to accumulate. It's not something which you just you know you hear an episode and then suddenly you now have that knowledge. All the implications, all the ways that it fits together, and to really transform your perceptions and how you see Hashem. This is a this is a life work in the sense that you know it's just like if you have a relationship with another person, you get to know them more and more deeply over time, and the way that you perceive Hashem, the way that you perceive the person in your life, these things, uh, they constantly evolve by exploring the other person, by listening to them deeply, trying to understand uh, how they think and how they look at the world. That's what we do in our relationships, and that's exactly what we need to be doing with Hashem as well, because Hashem is not just someone in our life, He is the one in our life, and, and He is the the main one, the one who is kind of the center of who we are and the center of existence, and so it's uh, uh, all, all the some ones that we get close to, as special as they are, and they are so special, and we develop such deep connections with them, uh, just to imagine and recognize how much more there is to have that kind of dynamic and relationship with the someone, the one that is behind uh, all of existence. And so this is not the kind of thing that you can just uh, do a little bit here and there. This is why learning Torah is such an important thing, because that's what you're actually doing. You're learning how Hashem thinks and how Hashem sees the world in order to slowly incrementally begin to really get closer to Hashem in a way that is that is alive and tangible as opposed to kind of just uh, dabbling in it or knowing a few things about Hashem and then kind of like just uh, hoping that one day you'll have you'll get somewhere with that. So that's really what we're doing at Yisod Blocks. And so just to also add to that, which is Yisod Blocks is meant to be a companion. In other words, it's a, it's a way to have access to very, very deep level, integrated, full picture Torah, no matter where you are in life. If you're if you're working somewhere, if you you know, whether you're in yeshiva, 
Shiva learning or you're at a job or you're you're in some stage of life where you're basically retired or whatever your situation is, there is no end to the relationship development that we can be doing with each other and even more so with Hashem. And that's really what this is supposed to be adding. It's to act as a companion to really share Torah uh, in a way that is that is catalytic at any stage. And so you can think of that as it's a it's an opportunity to really get those those ideas at deeper and deeper levels. And even if you've heard something that's very, you know, let's say you heard the entire Kabbalah basic series, which answers all the questions about who is Hashem and how the world works and, and how does free will work and what is, you know, what, what is the soul? And so all those types of questions, when you hear them once and then you slowly begin to uh, understand them and begin to apply them and experience them in your life. And then you hear them again, you know, two years later, and it takes it to a whole other level because things that you didn't understand the first time or you thought you understood, but there's so much more to them, suddenly you can experience them even more deeply. And that's really what we're trying to create. So I'm stressing that because I just want to mention that, the, you know, again, this series is designed to, to give as much exposure as possible to these deep Torah areas. But, uh, but and, and the WhatsApp is obviously a great way to also reach out and always ask me questions. And I've been, the questions I've been getting have been amazing and you know so thank you to everybody for all of those but i want to also stress there's so much here and it's not the kind of thing that you can just um you know get in one day or just get quick answers to some of these things although the answers are very full uh all the different all the different content and episodes that we have on your soul blocks uh they're very full answers but you kind of need to take the time to really uh listen to them and and try to feel them uh, try to understand them ex- as deeply as possible, and that requires time. It requires thought. Just like when you have a, a conflict with your loved one, it takes time to understand exactly what they are, where they, how they see the world, where they're coming from, and that's an incremental process. That really, it's it's a longer term process. And so, I'm just recommending that. That's really, a, it's a very important approach to to try to have that level of of commitment. That's really what Nasef and Ishma means. That you really want to know the other person. We we get married for that reason. We basically get into a marriage in order to commit to the other person so that way when there's that when when we encounter complexity within them so there's actually time to sift through all the different things that they are so we can really understand them at a deeper level and you need that commitment in order to do that otherwise it just starts to get difficult and we say okay this is too much to really do and uh, i can't really get this and 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 that's that's an impatience and a rushing type of perspective where with something like this there is no way to rush it there's it's important to learn and get answers and get information but to do that over time and to accumulate that in a real way really requires investment in that way so and that's that's the that's the you know that's that's why i feel comfortable pitching his soul blocks to people and telling people you should subscribe because it's not about uh, the subscription it's not about the money it's not about anything like that it's about here is what is a necessary investment in order to actually develop a relationship with hashem there's no other way to do that uh, and we have this content up there in such a form that you can listen to it anytime. It's on demand, which is obviously a, a, a much more effective method. I mean, Moshe in uh, in Parshas Yisro, he struggles a lot with the fact that he can only talk to one person at a time. And here we have a way to talk to thousands of people at a time. And that's because we have this this new digital platform dynamic, which allows us to really access content simultaneously that 10 people could be listening to, to different things from the same person all at the same time. And so I really strongly recommend that. And subscribing is, is obviously the way to get access to everything and it's a way to and it's and it's something which i think is is the key to getting to hashem in a in a full way so in this episode we're really we're finishing off the halacha in the beginning of siman memchet which is section 48 the second half of that of the first halacha which is 
uh, or the second half of the first pre-halacha, because as we mentioned yesterday, the Ramah starts off the halacha in this in this uh, section of, of the Shulchan Aruch, and so it's not even technically part of a se'if, it's not its own subsection, uh, it's not its own halacha in terms of being listed as part of halacha number one. So what that means here is that where we did yesterday, we talked about this concept of the korbanos, uh, these closifiers often translated as sacrifices, and now the second half of this halacha, the Ramah writes, v'nagu hamedaktikim, People who are very careful with Torah, exactly what we were just talking about, who really want to get somewhere with this, so they're very careful to to, to do Torah in a certain way. They have the following custom. They have this custom to sort of move when they're in the middle of, when they're reading from the Torah. And why do they have that custom? They, they kind of like make, they kind of move their bodies. The reason they do that is it's, it's kind of like patterning itself after the experience at Har Sinai when the Torah was given. In other words, when Hashem shared himself, when he shared his way of seeing existence, when he basically ripped open everything, and and including the barriers between us and him. And then we experience Hashem's self and Hashem's uh, way of seeing things, and we realize that we're actually just part of that, and there is no separation between us and Hashem. That was a very profound experience that was overwhelming in, uh, in its intensity. So that was, it, it was, it was also frightening and so the way that the, the Torah was received was berete. it was like with 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 shuddering with shaking like we were we were freaked out by it basically and so there's this custom that some people have to actually move that way uh, when they're reading from the Torah as a way to sort of um, to connect to connect to that or to basically from the body up to try to uh, uh, perceive the Torah in the same way that it was perceived when we received it at Harsina, when we actually experience Hashem in this way, and so we've discussed in the past this dynamic of uh, of the stack of of how we're the way that we're constructed is that we are an an, an intangible self, a neshama that is manifest through a series of increasingly tangible levels and stages, which essentially is that you you translate through the the realm of your perception. You can think of that as the world of chachma. Um, and then, and then the perceptions are essentially translated into thoughts, which is the world of bina, which is the the, the extrapolatory thinking that we have based on our perceptions, the kind of thoughts that you think as a result of your underlying perception. And then we have uh, the world of tiferet, which is basically the emotional convictions that you have as a function of your perceptions, and the world of malchut, which is you can think of that as as the way that you the way that you manifest practically into the outside world. It's the ultimate expression in its final form. Uh, in the physical world, and so here, what we're doing is what we discussed in the past is about how if you want to try to, you can, you can update that entire stack. In other words, if you change your perceptions, then your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors will also change. If you change your thoughts, then you can even influence your perceptions indirectly, and then that will also trigger differences in emotion and behavior. You can also change your behavior. You can change. You can try to change your emotional state, and that will also impact. And change your behavior can also impact the other layers as well. And these things are they're like four different layers that are all interconnected. And so uh, these interconnections they they in, they impact each other, they influence each other, and they can get into deeper alignment with each other, and then and then or get out of alignment with each other as well. You can have emotional reactions that you feel like are not even connected to things that you're thinking, and there's all kinds of combinations and permutations of this of this series of layers that are called the olamot, the sfirot. This is the tzelam elokim, that the way that we are structured in terms of the tools that we have are all analogous to how Hashem manifests Himself as the world and into the world. And so, what we're talking about here is a situation in which people are either already experiencing a certain sense of the the weight of Torah, the intensity of what Torah is, the, the seriousness of Torah, 
And so when they read from the Torah, they have this physical uh, physical expression of that in which they're shaking from it because it's it's something which is so intense and also overwhelmingly uh, overwhelming and frightening to some degree simply because you are and just to give an analogy for that, I don't mean frightening like this is so scary something bad's going to happen to me. I mean like when you meet somebody who is the most special person you could ever imagine, uh, and you know you 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 begin to love them and you say, wow, this person like I cannot even believe such a person exists. And then when they they love you back and you say, wow, I can't believe that I and this person that this person would even love me in this way and it's such an intense experience because you you wonder am i worthy of this it is something which i can even properly handle like to actually have a relationship with a person who's so beyond what i could ever imagine somebody being and that's there's a longer discussion we could have about why people have perceptions like that regarding relationships and and there's a there's, it's certainly a it's a it's a long story on its own that really requires more unpacking but the point is that here, that's exactly what the the intensity is of the Torah, that we actually experience Hashem in this exact way. Uh, we were like, wow, how could somebody like this uh, really want to have such a, a, a personal, profoundly one-to-one relationship with me and with each of us, essentially? And so that's what we're trying to create with these body movements. And if you've seen this in Shul, the way it looks is something called shuckling. Um, and shuckling is is meant to be essentially a an a, a, an expression of this of this halacha, and so here it's only mentioned first in terms of the context of he, of reading from the Torah. But then the Ramah says, and similarly, they have a similar custom when we're actually doing tefillah to actually uh, to do this as well. Like we're saying, Shmona Esrei to actually move to move our bodies in that way. Um, so here the Mishnah Bura adds, There are some opinions that actually disagree with this. That during during Shmon Esrei, during Tefillah, the, the, the ultimate Tefillah that we use every day, so you're not supposed to move in that way. You're only supposed to use this movement type of thing. Um, for He says, That one should only do these kinds of movements uh, for parts of uh, parts of the, the the series of things that we say in the morning, which is for Pesuket Zimra, which is a series of songs uh, essentially uh, that we say it's, that we say about Hashem, and then there's also a bunch of brachos that we say around the, around the saying of the three paragraphs of Shema from the Torah. Um, so that's, those those areas we'll analyze more deeply when we get to them in the in the further parts of the Shulchan Aruch. But the point is that during Tefillah itself, Shmona Esrei, the 18 brachos that we say, uh, 19 brachos really that we say during uh, d- d- during every uh, three times a day. That, that's the ultimate expression of Tefillah. Again, we're going to have to analyze that in, on its own as well. Um, but the point is that for the, for that section, you're not supposed to move because you're supposed to essentially be very, very focused during that time. So here the Mishnah Brewer writes that there's this opinion to not move, but then he finishes off and says that you either if you choose to, you could move. There's two different opinions here, and you could. So what I want to just point out here and stress is that das tovara, the tendency to evaluate the world through the lens of preference and percep- perceptual preferences, actually rears its ugly head in this story also. And, and it rears its ugly head in every story to some degree. The question is in what way? So this there's this concept of shuckling that people have where they they kind of move up and down a little bit they move they bob their bodies kind of up and down um, and so that seems to be what the Mishnah Bureau and what the Shulchan Aruch here is referring to but the thing is that the way that the Ramah writes it is that this minhag to do this is based on the on this pasuk of that all the bones of my body should speak and say Hashem who is like you 
And so that's the basis for these movements. But the thing is that the movements, often as they are, we have, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, many people have this phenomenon where they, they shake a part of their body, they swing their legs, or they jiggle their legs, or they kind of move parts of their body. It's what we can call like nervous movements, and it's soothing in a certain way to do that, because we feel we have a hard time just be sitting still. We feel like we need more stimulation, and so our body basically starts to do these movements at, by rote out of habit. And so that's also, that can be the underlying uh, basis or reason or motivation for shuckling, for these kinds of movements that we experience during tefillah. First of all, the custom of shuckling during listening to the Torah reading is actually much, much less common. People tend to do these kinds of movements a lot more during Shemona Esrei and, and during during other parts of tefillah, um, and so, which is just interesting by itself, because the minhag here was actually brought up first, that these movements are in order to create a sense of intensity and awe regarding the Torah. So, so we kind of have it the other way. Often during Torah reading, people are bored and not really listening so much to the Torah as it's being read. But during Shmon Esrei, people will make these movements a lot more. And so the, the Das Tovara element here that I wanted to just stress, again, if this is not relevant to you, if you don't feel like this is happening with you, and you, you feel like when you are moving your body in these ways, you're doing so because you feel Hashem's presence and you're trying to express, just like if you were giving a presentation, uh, maybe you, you, know, you wave your arms a lot, you move around, you walk back and forth while you're speaking. If you're very passionate about what you're speaking about, that would be an expression of your passion through your body movements. So if you're doing that, then that's amazing. That's essentially expressing what the Mishra Brewer is talking about here. But I wanted to stress the priority should be to do that first in terms of Torah reading because you're trying to experience the giving of the Torah again the way that it was in the Chumash. And again, you also want to know what that was really like. I mean, this is just to go back to our, our introductory point, the Chumash cast series, we just spent the last six episodes essentially developing the dynamic of Hashem manifesting himself in the world through Harsinai and what that really did to the people and, and how that's kind of like we're still trying to repair and reach a point where we can truly receive the Torah the way that it was meant to be received at that time. We're doing it 3,000 years later and we're still kind of uh, in the same place, like we pressed pause for 3,000 years and are trying to keep up, trying to get to that place. So the, the point is that's that's how the Mishnah Brewer, the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Brewer here first emphasize this halacha, is that it's about trying to receive the Torah in that way and to do that mindfully. But even more so, when you, if you follow the opinion that says you need you, that you can do that also for tefillah, even for Shemona Esrei, so it should certainly be done mindfully. In other words, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to, to, act, to activate the the behavioral level, the physical level, the olam ha'asiyah level, the world of malchus level of your being to manifest uh, the rest of the stack that you are uh, in such a way that shows that, you, that you're that you passionate about talking to Hashem and about experiencing Hashem. And you can try to, you know, fake that a little bit and make those movements in order to um, trigger changes in your perceptions and in your thoughts. But I want to stress, first of all, you have to learn about Hashem and know who Hashem is to actually really do that for real. And if you don't have that, then even if you start off doing these kinds of movements from a place of trying to activate that kind of passion, it very quickly will become rote, and it's very easy to fall into this self-soothing mechanism of making these body movements in order to just feel soothed from a place of, well, I don't know if I can just stand here still for, you know, eight minutes is a long time to just stand still without any kind of movement. And it's very, it's, it's almost like I have to then really think and face myself and, you know, really explore my own thoughts, which is exactly what you're supposed to be doing during tefillah and so sometimes we try to avoid doing that because it's it's very uh it's a little bit frightening to really go into your own mind and explore what you're thinking and so this this tendency to move can often be a filler for that and that is das tovara that is essentially the distortion of the eight das it's activating and you're you're basically you're there's a sense of habit of feeling 
at ease with yourself, of feeling relaxed, of feeling, you know, unconfronted and feeling just kind of like at rest. Like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't need to think deeper thoughts here. And then we use those kinds of movements sometimes to to make ourselves feel at ease and to not really challenge ourselves in these areas. And it's the same thing as, you know, if you're in, if you if you need to have a, an important, deep somewhat confrontational conversation, you know, with your spouse or your loved one. So sometimes it's easier to just avoid that. We don't want to really have that conversation sometimes. So we just try to find other filler things to soothe that and try to feel better, never really remembering that the only way to really feel fully at ease again is to have the conversation and to really explore the areas that are that are that need to be explored. And if we don't do that, then we just feel unfulfilled and we feel distorted. And so that's uh, you know what to take out of this halacha is to recognize that there is a source for this idea of these movements, but it's supposed to be seen and understood in a certain kind of way, and to try to apply it in a way that it's not that is not uh, a das tobara product, but instead to use the Torah think, thoughts and ideas that we're sharing here uh, to really activate a deep connection and relationship with Hashem. Um, through these kinds of movements as well as with everything else that we're doing. Hope that was clear and useful and thanks again for listening. Check us out at soulblocks.com. You can get all this stuff more extensively in an organized way and learn Torah at a very high level, increasingly accessing Hashem every day more and more. Thanks so much for listening and see you in the next episode.